you say, yeah, I'll take it home in a box. And then about three days later, it's still in the box. Amen. It just never tastes as good the second time as when you got, have you noticed that? And uh, so I was praying about this message tonight about three o'clock this morning. And, and that's what I heard. Throw out the leftovers. And uh, I know Pastor Bill uh, sometimes will leave things in the fridge a little longer than I would. And, uh, you know, or he'll use, he'll, use, he'll use bread a little later than, than I would. And uh, so I, I'm pretty particular that I like things to be used while they're fresh and while they're, you know, where, th where they really are applicable. And I think that in 2017, God wants us not to take any leftovers with us from 2016. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. If you turn to Proverbs 20, 27, if you have your Bible, uh, it's going to be up there in the New Living, but I want to read first in the King James. Um, you know, I had a, a week of reflection because I went to Tulsa uh, last week. And by the way, I am going to be a great-grandma of a baby boy. Hallelujah. Mason Reed, we had a little reveal party. Those are kind of fun. And, uh, you know, today you can find out what you're having at 15 weeks. You know, with me, it was, you know, what you got, you got. That's what you found out when you had it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that's just the generations. <laughs> there was nothing, you know, that anybody knew about till the baby came. And so uh, very exciting for my granddaughter. But I had opportunity to go over to um, – the campus of ORU, which is where God took me in 1979, by myself with three kids as a single mom, and he healed my life there. He just changed my life forever. And uh, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty, who was the pastor of Victor Christian Center, at that time, he had started a little work up on the north side of Tulsa, and uh, he, he was prospering. I mean, ended up in seven services a day. The church exploded. Uh, later, you know, I moved back, married my husband. We moved to Tulsa, back to Tulsa, and ended up on staff in that church. And Pastor Billy Joe had a vision that the church would eventually be across the street from Oral Roberts University. And uh, during that time that we were on staff there, uh, Billy Joe played a great part in helping at Oral Roberts University with Richard Roberts Television. And, and I was, because of the position I was in at Victory, I was involved in some of that. And uh, so my life was intertwined between Oral Roberts Ministry and Billy Joe Doherty, Victor Christian Center Ministry. And uh, just you, you go through, through things in your life, and when you reflect sometimes, you realize how awesome God is. How, how could he ever do what he did with my life? You know, a divorced woman with three kids, divorced twice. I mean, I, I messed up two times. Uh, my life atrocious, a mess. And how God took me from this place, put me out there, and sat me down there. And, and Billy Joe always used to say, we're connected to ORU. And uh, we, we will always be connected to ORU. He and Sharon graduated from there. Well, this time when I went, Brother, uh, well, Oral Roberts, they built these cans. They were molded from his hands, and they were in front of the City of Faith. I was there when they built the City of Faith. And... Um, I used to go there when we lived in Tulsa, and I'd pray there over where those hands were. Well, they've moved them, and now they sit right in front of ORU. But right in front of ORU with those hands in the circle drive when Pastor Billy Joe passed, they named that drive Billy Joe Doherty Drive. So his name circles the hands. And I was sitting there, and I was looking at the university and the hands 
and across the street, the vision that Billy Joe had, that we were a part of, that we built with uh, many other people. Not our, our little amount didn't amount to anything compared to what was needed, but we were a part of that. And as I was looking at that, all of a sudden, it was like God was so big. Everybody say, so big. You know, uh, sitting here tonight, we're, you know, in a small setting here. But when you're in the midst of something that big and awesome, and there, there were two men who believed God. They just were called. They believed God. And because they believed God, they did something so awesome because God is so big. And me, living here in Lafayette with three kids, I ended up in the middle of all of that and actually lived the fulfillment of all of that transition and everything happening in that. And I don't text very often. I don't, I mean, I don't uh, Facebook very often. In fact, I'm off. So if you want to talk to me, don't message me because I'm not on there right now. But, um, I, and I've missed messages before. That's why I say that. But uh, I got on Facebook and I wrote, I just felt to put it on there what I felt sitting there. It was the awesomeness of God. And I believe that we have to keep that somehow in the forefront of our vision all the time, no matter where we're at in our walk with God, because God is so big, and he wants to do such big, big things. And if our vision can't connect with God's vision, then it's not going to get done in the earth. You say, oh, God will get it done. Well, he might find somebody else. He'll look for somebody else. But, you know, Brother Roberts at one point said, I wasn't supposed to build this university. Somebody else was assigned to do that. But they didn't do it, so I had to do it for God because he asked me. What is God asking you for 2017? I believe 2017 is going to be a building year for the people of this church, a building year in your family, especially in families. Uh, I was visiting with Pastor Sharon, and she had prayed with somebody and said this woman is an intercessor and has said we need to really be interceding for marriages and families. And it just really confirmed the word that I had felt God had given me. Um, that just means God's going to show up and be awesome. But we got to believe for big. Everybody say, I need to believe for big. You can't believe for little and get big. You got to believe for big. You got to go all in. And, and once you get all in, then, you know, it's up to God to do what he's going to do in that place. By the way, that word when I was sharing after worship tonight, that it's never going to be different, that was for you. It is going to be different. And that's what the devil's told you. It's never going to change, but that is a lie from the pit of hell, okay? Okay. Um, so in Proverbs 20, 27, this is what it says. Um, and many of you, you know, may have a year where you had some things happen. It says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart. If we're going to throw out the leftovers, we got to find out where they're at. You know, where, where are the leftovers in your heart, in your life, that God wants to have you get rid of so that in 2017 you can fulfill what God's calling you to do? In the New Living, if you could put that up, the Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. Everybody say hidden. Now, you know, hidden motives, oftentimes we don't even understand what our motive is. It's, it's driven by things that are in our life. Uh, we process, all of us process things in our lives through the way we see things. It, the way we perceive things is real. I, I may perceive it one way. You may perceive it differently. But to you, uh, if you perceive it that way, 
it, that is truth. That is real. And so these hidden motives, everybody say hidden things. Hidden things are the things that um, can turn into mold. They, they're the things like in your refrigerator that would become moldy because it just sat there one day too long. And uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced seeing mold. I've seen mold on the bread that Pastor Bill said that we could still eat. Yeah. And uh, I showed it to him and said, I don't think we want to eat this. He said, well, it's got maybe that's penicillin. No, that's mold. That'll, that's not good for you. But, you know, uh, <laughs> he's a lot braver than me. Okay, Psalm 69. Listen to this. This is what the psalmist says, 69.5. Oh, God, you know my foolishness, and my sins are not hidden from you. The things that are in our life that uh, God would want to get rid of at this time of year are maybe things that we've just lived with so long that we don't even know what they're, that they are moldy. We don't even know because they're kind of pushed down. They're, they're hidden. But God still knows they're there. And he wants to get rid of those things because how many of you know if mold gets in a house, you know, that is, that is a very serious situation to get rid of mold in a home. We had a, a lady in this church once who they found mold in her home, and they had to leave. And it can make people very sick. Well, you know, when you have a lot of hidden things that are down in your heart that you don't just let God sponge them, take them out, get rid of them, uh, they, they can become a detriment to your health. They, they can cause you to be sick, at least spiritually sick but also physically sick. And so God wants to get rid of those things. I believe tonight uh, we're going to start sharing on Sunday what we feel for the church for this next year, my husband and myself. And um, I believe tonight's just a night for us to just make sure we don't have any leftovers. Everybody in agreement? That we don't need anything hidden. And Hebrews, this is how we get hidden things out. Uh, God gave us his word. Everybody say his word. And that this is from the word of God. It says in Hebrews 4, let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living. Everybody say living. See, the word of God right now, as I'm reading it, is doing something. That's what David just said. This word is alive. When the word is read, God's word, it's moving in your life. It's, it's doing something. We may not feel it in the natural, but it is working is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner. Everybody say discerner. Now, that's of thoughts, that's thoughts and intents or motives. Everybody say motives. Motives of the heart. And there is no creature, no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So whatever the enemy has done, even in this last year, maybe in years past, where there's things hidden in there that he wants to keep hidden, God will not leave them hidden. They will come up into the light as long as we allow God to bring them into the light so that we can get rid of them. Because the word, as you read the word, it will convict us of things that aren't right. How many of you have ever been convicted of something that wasn't right? when you read the word of God. That's because the word is, it's a lie. It, it like reflects truth from a lie. And every one of us have to be free from those leftovers. As I was thinking about this, 
Your mind, it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, if you put that up there, has to be renewed. Everybody say renewed. See, your heart, your heart um, can get a place in it that just is stagnant. It's like uh, what you said earlier, David, that you can have faith, but your faith isn't working. Because if if you harden any part of your heart, your faith can't work. So you have to keep your heart tender. But things that wound us, things that hurt us, things that happen to us that maybe we want to hide, we think they're hidden, but really they're harming us. They're, they're hardening us to God being able to deliver us from them. And it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renew of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you read the word of God, it causes you to be changed in your mind. You realize that is not a right motive. I cannot operate in that motive. And uh, as I was thinking about this year, I felt like God said the roots of bitterness that have been in people are causing them, not only them to be uh, hurt, but the people that they are holding those offenses against are being hurt. And I heard this in my heart. You have power to forgive people their sins. Now, wait. Power to forgive people. Yes, I'm supposed to forgive people. But you have power to forgive their sins. And I thought, are you sure, God, we have power to forgive sins? But I, if you study the word of God, it says in John chapter 20, and, and I, wanna, I want this to be, uh, I really want you to take this to heart tonight because some of the things that get in our heart is because we have not forgiven those people of their sins. We haven't spoken that over them and set them free, and so we're tied to something that is destroying us. Are you getting this? It, 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 it's more than just I forgive you because you hurt me. It's something that releases people, and when they're released, you're released. But if you don't release them, then you're held to whatever that is with them. And who's, who is our fight against? Not people, but powers and principalities that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. It's not with people, but don't we identify it with people? And see, when we let those hidden things stay in there, then the next year when we try to go forward, that thing will be like a rubber band. At some point, it'll pull you right back into whatever that was that was holding you from the year before. I believe we have a great year ahead, but I believe there's some hidden things God wants to take care of tonight. And I want to I show you what this is. In John 20, Jesus said, hello. <laughs> it says in John 20, uh, then the same evening in verse 16, the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. Everybody say peace. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So he's saying, as I've been sent, now you're going to be sent. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized by John, it says that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. 
And from then on, he did his ministry. When we received Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live in us. And so that's what's being said here. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, now he's saying, I'm going to send you. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But listen to this. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. And, you know, sometimes we can go a long time thinking, why isn't God fixing this? Have you ever thought that? Why, Why isn't God fixing this? When really it's our responsibility to forgive the sins of those people so that they can get free so God can fix it. Are you getting this? And so it, it's very important. You know, I've for years, I've been in the ministry 40 years. You, we preach messages on forgiveness. But I, I've never really seen this like God began to show it to me when he said, get rid of the leftovers. Get rid of all the leftovers because you can't take this with you. You cannot take this where we're going. You know, when sin meets glory, guess who loses? Sin. And so the whole reason Jesus came was because we couldn't be in the presence of God because of our sin nature. But now that we know the Lord and we have Jesus because of the Holy Spirit living in us and the power of God in us, we can live in his presence. But God's presence can't be fully released in our life if there's sin. Are you getting this? Now, this doesn't mean we live life perfectly every day. You know, that doesn't, we're not talking, I'm talking about roots, things that are in there, and they've, they've come uh, by a hidden motive, a hidden agenda of the enemy against us, but we've somehow gotten in agreement with that agenda. And it usually is against people because that's where those things come from. Now, let me, let me show you this. When you go over to Mark, because this is where or Matthew, God took me, or Mark 2, Mark 2. I, I was up like at 2 or 3 in the morning. I think steroids do something to you. I might be talking a little fast. I've had a lot of steroids. No muscle, but I got a lot of steroids in me. And uh, they make your brain go. I mean, I have a vision for this church. It's 15 pages long, and I haven't stopped yet. So you better pray these steroids are gone pretty quick. <laughs> because, you know, uh, what they do, they rev you up. And... Um, I, I said to my husband, you know, I, I, I get tired, so I go to bed early, but then I wake up at 3, like, okay, where are we going? Get the car. We're going somewhere. I'm doing something. And so I've, I've really been praying about this. I think God is about to do awesome things, and, and it's going to be a very building year in this church. And I, we're going to share some things these next few weeks. But everybody has to be clean. Everybody say clean. <laughs> We've got to get rid of these hidden things that will hold us down when God shows up. Because when the anointing comes for miracles, then it's, you know, we, we need to be ready to be those vessels that God wants to use. And this is what it says. This is about Jesus. And uh, it, it's chapter 2. It's the example. Again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus is in your house. He is in your life. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. And then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when he, they had broken through, they let him down on the bed, which the, uh, let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are 
forgiven you. Now, I know Jesus can forgive sin, but, th but this is what happens. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Everybody say, don't reason in your heart. Don't reason in your heart. Listen to the spirit of God in your heart. But don't reason because you'll get rid of what God wants. And he says, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you or to say arise up, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. When John, in the book of John, where it is recorded, where he said, Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. You can forgive sins and you can retain sins. He's saying this same power that Jesus was spoken has been given to us. That's why it says in John 14, greater works will you do than I do because I go to be with the Father. He was, he was saying this authority, this dominion is going to be in your life. What's the last thing you want to do when somebody really harms you? Say, forgive them, but also to say, your sins are forgiven you. That's, that's hard to say. You want to say, your sins can be forgiven you whenever God gets ready. Well, God's ready. It's not God who's not ready. And so, it, because when you see, like Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That's when you can really release that. And then he says, but that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. On the other side of that was total restoration for that man, a total release from his sin. And the sickness was healed. You know, I hear people say sometimes, well, you know, it, it's probably something you've done. That's why you're sick. You know, I don't think we need to be trying to figure out why people get sick. What we need to do is begin to speak the word that they get well. I mean, we don't need to be the one trying to figure out why things happen. We need to be the people with the solution, which is God came to save the sick. He came to heal those who were wounded and broken. He said, I came to set the captives free. And so as believers, we're called to set the captives free. Now, uh, in December, I shared uh, from Psalm 121, and um, I, I had the Lord last night when I was looking at this. I remembered, where does our help come from? Our help comes from heaven, from the Lord. And we study that psalm every Sunday, help from heaven in the month of December. The next, the next psalm in Psalms is Psalm 122, which says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That's the scripture that God gave us when we started this church, that people would say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And that's the scripture along with 2 Corinthians 9, 8, which says he will supply, uh, for every good work, he will supply abundance. And those are the two scriptures that God gave us to start this work here in Lafayette. The next scripture is all the scriptures go along here about their trust is in God. Everybody say, my trust is in God. No hidden thing in your life, even 
even if it had worked out, would be the source for your life. The only thing that's the source for your life is the Lord. And so it, it goes on. It talks about in Psalm 123, I'll look to the Lord for my help. Psalm 124, the Lord is the defense of his people. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then we would have, they would have swallowed us alive. By the way, we're going to pray for Israel right now. Our president and the UN are really, really uh, coming against Israel right now. Uh, and Pastor Bill will be leaving to go there on Tuesday night with Christians United for Israel to go to our senators to try to get the, our senators and our congressmen to uh, stand up for Israel in this situation. It's got to do with the land. It's got, got to do with giving up land. And so let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you love all the people in the Middle East. And I thank you, Father, that you know the truth about that land. You know who that land belongs to. And I thank you, Father, that you are on the side of those who know you. And so I thank you, Father, that you will bring a resolution to this. I bind the work of the, the people in the UN. I bind words that have been spoken even by our government officials against Israel. Lord, we are told to pray for the peace of Israel. We are told to stand for Israel. And so we stand in the gap for them even tonight and in the coming days until we have this uh, transfer of power. In Jesus' name, no weapon formed against the people of God in that nation will be harmed. They will not be harmed in Jesus' name because if God be for them, who can be against them in Jesus' name? And then it goes on, it says in Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. When I was in Jerusalem, the mountains surround Jerusalem. We are protected. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am protected. I am protected. Nothing can harm us from the outside. The only thing that can harm us is from the inside. The only thing that can, can deter us from the plan of God for 2017 is what's on the inside of us, not what's on the outside. There is no person, no person standing today on the face of the earth, let alone right here in this city, that can stop you from the plan of God for your life except you and me. Amen? And we have to believe like that or the enemy will take advantage of the situation. So that's why it's so important to examine our heart. This is what it says in Psalm 127, uh, 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, when he brought them back, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for them, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know, those things that look like they were lost, I, I believe they're going to come back. I believe they're going to be restored. But we have to release them from the sin so that they can be fixed. And uh, this was, uh, was it Saturday night or Sunday night? 
well, that's when I was taking the most of those steroids, whatever night it was. And I flew out of my bed and started marching across my bedroom and asking God to show me who needed to be released from sin that I could speak over, that I could set them free in the name of Jesus. And I have never done that in 40 years of ministry. But I thought, by golly, I've seen it. I'm doing it. You know, when you see the word of God and it becomes real to you, you must act on it. You must act on it. What David said, it, if you do not act on it, it will not come alive. It will be knowledge. You, you can have knowledge, but you will not have revelation until you actually act on it. And I believe tonight in this house, God wants to clean out all the hidden places. If you're willing, let's stand and we're going to pray. Because I want those willing, I want all those places. And then I'm going to believe that you will hear from God about those situations, these, these places where maybe you've been offended this year or, or even in the past. Um, if you ask God, listen, he will clean your house. If you ask him, he will tell you where the things are that aren't right. And when he tells us, we repent, and then we say, I will not retain those sins against them. And I pray that those sins will be forgiven them right now where they are. And let's get these people free so God can do what he wants to do. My life and what happens to me is not that important. What happens to in the kingdom of God, that's what's important. And if I do the Father's business, he will take care of my business. If we do the Father's business tonight in this house, he will take care of our business. Father, I thank you tonight.